0: What's up everyone, welcome to the Mongols podcast sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Laura Ellen and I've got a great show coming up for you. But first, if you haven't already, check out Mike and Kev's conversation with Coach Lily. It's a great introduction to the 2019 season and it's really helpful in thinking about what the Riverhounds are planning for 2019. So what about the rest of the Eastern Conference? Sure, we'll have the usual suspects like Louisville, Nashville, and the Baby Bulls, but there are also some newcomers. So as you may know, we have six teams joining the Eastern Conference this season. They include Hartford Athletic, Birmingham Legion, Loudoun United, Memphis 901, Swope Park Rangers, and St. Louis FC. I thought it might be a good idea to get to know some of these new rivals. Well, maybe they're not actually rivals, just other teams that we are going to defeat in 2019. But anyway, I asked our friend Phil Grooms to talk about St. Louis FC. You may know Phil from the USL show, but he is a great friend from the BGN. We cover lots of topics about St. Louis as a city, St. Louis as a team, the USL overall, and USL championship. So take a listen and let us know what you think. Phil, welcome to the show. First, I'd like you to introduce yourself to our listeners. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hello, I'm Phil Grooms and uh, I live in St. Louis. I live in the city part of St. Louis. It's split into a, a city and a county and I live in just barely inside the city portion of it right by a beautiful park called Forest Park and the zoo with my wife and two kids. And it's really great. I love it here.
0: Awesome. So tell me about how you kind of got into soccer, you know, more broadly. Um, and then, yeah, and then what your connection is to St. Louis FC.
1: Um, so I actually, here's the crazy thing. I didn't play a lick of soccer growing up and I didn't really pay attention to any soccer growing up. And I played my first like organized soccer game this year this year for the first time oh my time.
0: gosh wait like 2019 or yeah. 2018 oh sorry
1: 2018 it's, okay. Yeah. okay okay last Just year like you know last year <laughs> 2018 um but yeah so I, you know I'm terrible but I really enjoy it and so they they tolerate me coming out and playing soccer but you know I didn't play it and I wasn't all that interested in it until like probably 20 uh, I don't even know what World Cup it was. Did Was there one in 2006? Because it was probably around that time. 2000. Yes.
0: Yes, there was.
1: So that's probably the first one I kind of watched and I would go, um, you know, they would open the bars early because it was in another country. I don't even remember what it was. It's so, it's, yeah, I mean, this is how little back I go with soccer, but that was the first time I, I kind of paid t- paid attention to soccer. And then when I found out St. Louis was getting a pro team, I was like, I got to at least go see this. And I really want to, like, I think soccer could take off in St. Louis, and I really want to get in early on the ground floor, because I was obsessed with baseball previous to that, which was kind of a hipster sport at the time. And The Cardinals? No, not the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> back even, you know, back when I first got into the Cardinals, they weren't, you know, quite as dominant as they were for those several years in a row, but anyway... Anyway, I got way into baseball, super into baseball, and then soccer came, and I was like, I like soccer better, I think, and I want to get into this USL team and see what it's about, and after I won a few times, you know, people have heard about how cool the atmosphere is with the Luligans, and it's a good soccer park, and the history of St. Louis soccer, it's been around for so long, especially that stadium and, and uh, all the academies, and um, I liked it immediately. And then I was like, we might get MLS. I'm gonna geek out on this USL team, kind of like I geeked out on like baseball prospects back in the day, and uh, you know all the minor league guys popping up because, you know, in baseball, like that's what that's what you do. You look at all the guys that could come up, and 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 as the Cardinals have shown in the past, and like newer teams are successful, like the Astros, like building if you tank a few years in a row, and then you build up through um, young kids, like you can really make an impact without spending a lot of money. Well, here we are in soccer doing the same kind of thing. And it was just real natural in that regard. But I'm a total hack when it comes to soccer. You know, I've only been into this for, you know, six, seven, eight years, you know, and that's even a stretch probably. I've been obsessed for five years. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Great.
0: Yeah, perfect. Well, you said you just started playing. So I would love to hear what position you play
1: they try to hide me as much as possible, so in, in nice. most cases, we when we played outdoor, I would play like a, a left wing back, and the left side is, you know, I'm okay defender, fender, but I, I get gassed, and I can't keep up by <laughs> the end of the night, I'm 35 years old, and, and so they try to hide me when we can't sub out a lot, and I try not to play too much, but i think what's weird is i don't know if it's from playing fifa or just from watching soccer they actually tell me i'm all i'm okay positionally like i know where to be at the right time and even smart at times um but i just have no footwork like none like i get the ball it bounces off me five foot and i try to catch it catch up to it so i can pass it to someone else so that's me playing soccer
0: well, I mean, you definitely should have seen um, when Mongols and the Steel Army played each other for a piece on the Pitch <laughs> at Highmark Stadium. That was a sight to be seen, and I think there's very little video footage of it. So Thank I'm goodness. incredibly thankful for that because no one needs to see that. But it was a ton of fun. So um, uh, I can certainly empathize with the, the getting gassed part of that. Um, okay. So, so let's start talking about the USL championship, right? We have this new rebranding, mm-hmm. uh, which is super exciting. And so just to start with, kind of like a lead league wide question, and then we'll begin to narrow in. So what are you most excited about for the 2019 USL championship season?
1: I'm gonna, I'm going to two prong this if you don't mind. First is league one. I'm really excited about league one coming in and I think it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, but like all the implications of um, you know player movements between the two leagues and like not only that but like I'm really interested to see like what the top scorer in League one like who will that end up being and is it someone who's been in championship already and is it not someone who's been in championship and is that person gonna get lots of money the next year you know like that's kind of cool. I'm super excited to see the level of play because I do think it's gonna be better than I think people are expecting. And I think that'll be good for U.S. soccer and like the whole pyramid if it ends up being good or if it gets better in the next five years. And so I'm excited to see that how that is is comes around. And I think the obvious way to figure that out will be the Open Cup. Right. So like the first Open Cup with a League One going against championship is going to be pretty awesome. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's something that I've been thinking about a lot also is just I think having these additional leagues, having the additional structure, I think it's just just going to increase the quality of soccer in the US. I, I hope that's what it does. Um and the you know, fandom, whether,
1: you know. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, exactly. As a
1: fan it'll be more exciting to watch that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and actually, something I just thought about, you know, you talking about League One and thinking about, like, player movements, and it would be interesting to see, you know, if any markets would be able to sustain a championship and a League One team, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, you know, I think about the Philadelphia Union and their two-team, Bethlehem Steel, but, you know, the Steel aren't going to be in lehigh valley so they're playing in philly this year which is like kind of crazy and so we don't really know how that's going to affect yeah um their fandom but thinking about championship league one will any markets be able to sustain two of those teams or will they strategically not place them in the anyway i just there's so many well, questions well
1: there's the nisa thing right i mean and the um i forgot what it's called the MPSL cup that's gonna happen you know like there's a lot of crossover there. There's going to be some multiple, What Charlotte's got a NISA team that's trying to come out, and then the Chattanooga thing is really ugly and disgusting. Um, we're going to have to sit through that for a few years until things get figured out. Or maybe they never will, or maybe they'll coexist. I don't know, but, you know, it's, yeah, something to watch for sure. Something to – it worries me, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think – I mean, we could certainly have a whole conversation. I'm going to have a show
1: all about that. I'm trying to gather people. Just about it. (laughs) Just about
0: that. We can sit and hypothesize for hours. I'm not kidding.
1: I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excellent,
0: gonna, I've excellent. been trying
1: to track down the right people for it, but I've talked to a few people about it.
0: All right. Well, keep me on your like B roster.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, if someone if, if someone gets knocked out, I'll call someone else, and then I'll call you. How's that?
0: Excellent. Job well done.
1: <laughs> um,
0: okay, so you've already mentioned you follow St. Louis, and so I would love if you could give us like just a brief history of St. Louis FC kind of as a team and what the – creation of that teams look like looked like you know in your city
1: yeah so in st louis's case it's an interesting story because we it's almost a a more natural progression i don't know if that's true but but usl teams have been building and then like now this year jake edwards is really pushing like it'd be really cool to get you more usl academies like every usl team that is successful i think that in a picture would be them with an academy that can compete on the da level so that would be really cool well st louis has had an academy on the da level since its existence and beyond that you know whatever was before the da and so um you know for years and it it wasn't always uh scott gallagher which is what it was the main um, the main Academy was called Scott Gallagher It was a few different entities and they kind of combined at one point and now we have Scott Gallagher Missouri Scott Gallagher Illinois just across the river they have another facility and then just last year they formed St. Louis FC Academy that is like the best of both sides or all the sides combined and um, there's more to that but that's the best way to explain it but that's been around since forever like 70s and earlier in some form or fashion using that same stadium that we use today um, And so that's awesome. And we have that base to pull from. And then we start a USL team to kind of be the senior team to the academy. And so that's not how it normally is, per se, in in the US, but that's the way we built. And then, you know, MLS could come out of that on top of it, which would be even more interesting that, you know, the academy is more and more valued, I feel like every year. And to see how that plays out on the USL level, I'm, I'm hoping it becomes more useful. It's only helped us a little bit so far, but but they're they're kind of adding to it every year and and using it more and more every year.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think you raised an interesting point. So are there players who go through the academy that do play for the USL team?
1: Yeah. So last year was the peak of it. So three years. So uh, four years ago, the team started. This will be our fifth season. Right. St. Louis FC. Um, the second season, a kid named Aiden Stanley started and he would get looks with the national uh, youth teams. And, um, during that time he would play as a left back for us. And he started out like when he was 15 or 16 15 when he first started and he was rough. Right. And he didn't have any confidence. He was just trying to keep up. And then the next year we saw him kind of do a little better where he could hold his own in a U.S. open cup, you know, game. Um, but not be dominant anywhere else. Well, last year, I feel like he earned his playing time, sometimes outplayed like in different ways, sometimes outplayed the 20 something year old that was, you know, up against him for that left back spot. And um, he's did great. I think he's overlooked by the national team, to be honest with you. So we had him. And then last year, we also had a center back named Jack Mayers, a left footed center back that's six foot two. And he just went to Indiana this year and started every single game for a team like Indiana, who went really far in the tournament, really dominant in the tournament So as a freshman, he played every single game. And those are two guys like two examples of guys that have played with St. Louis FC from our academy. And there's two or three more coming this next year to eat, like dip their toes in, perhaps like the 15 year old version of Aiden. And then maybe a 17-year-old that could be better. But, you know, they're trying to use it more. I think, you know, the galaxy really gave us a good example of what could be done in the USL with really young kids. Like 16-year-old Efren Alvarez was was something to behold, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, and that's like so fascinating and it feels you know kind of like organic and like the natural next progression right you have all these different kind of academies that eventually have come together and then you have kind of the culmination of that in a usl team and you know the degree of success to which you know players from the academy are actually able to play successfully at the usl team is is a different thing but even having that opportunity or even having that goal i think is just beneficial mm-hmm. at least from my perspective for for the academy and the the usl team
1: Yeah. And there are a lot of arguments out there. Like, yeah, there are plenty of DA Academy uh, teams out there, but there's so much untapped talent out there where the more academies, the better. And it's kind of cool that we might have USL ones like popping up everywhere competing, hopefully on the DA level, you know, the top Academy level. Um, And even if they don't, you know, there's rumors about MLS starting their own. And if that happens, it'll, it'll be a little bit different, but even then it's still like, we'll have these kids not falling through the cracks quite as badly and uh, we need more of it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so this next question kind of takes a little bit of a step back, but I, I, I don't know. I think it connects. So you, you, it sounds like you live in a very like idyllic place, right? By the zoo <laughs> and by the park. Um, so what is like, kind of like from your perspective, the best thing about St. Louis kind of broadly as a city and as a region, but then what is the best thing for you for about St. Louis FC?
1: Great question, because I love the city. I have a lot of pride for the city, even though it's a troubled, very troubled city. Um, But I would say what you mentioned, like what I live by is one of the best things about St. Louis is Forest Park has um, an art museum, a history museum, a science center. And entry into those is free. Every single one of them is free. And um, they have exhibits that cost money. But for the most part, you can go any day of the week, any time of the year, um, go into these use museums for free and learn about the city and about the world and about culture and and history and, um, and science, you know, it's, it's really cool. We're really spoiled as a city to have that. And we know it. Um, and you know, sports is really important here. The Cardinals, obviously everyone knows what Cardinals fans are like and, um, you know, kind of cocky at times about how good they think their team is and, um, You know, I I just I just love that about the city. We're also always ranked in like top five or 10 like restaurants in the country as as far as cities go. And I think we have really good chefs here with a lot of eclectic types of food and really high level of of cooking. And and in St. Louis, we we enjoy that a lot. We we use it. We go out to eat a lot. And I don't that may be true for every city, but I know um, it's something people just like talk about as they sit and talk about what new restaurants they've been to in St. Louis. So.
0: Nice. So, what's your favorite thing about the club?
1: The club again. I keep. I'm kind of repeating myself because I love that it came out of an, an academy, and I love that they're building out of that. Um, we're still finding our identity though, and I guess that changes. If you know, if you look at Pittsburgh, you guys are way different now than you were before. Uh, so the culture does change. Um, but you know, we really struggled in the first couple of years. We kind of had a team that was like you could liken to like, Pen FC or Richmond, where it was just like it was just kind of there a lot of local guys it wasn't super talented they would kind of just try to you know get some some kind of goal somehow some way throughout the game and defend well Um, and and the front office didn't see that as being good enough and so they went out and got precky thinking that was going to solve all of our problems he had such a good track record he is such a good coach Uh, but it went it went badly here in the midwest I think he's He's kind of a cold guy in, in, in the Midwest here in St. Louis. We expect a lot of like interaction with the fans, warmth, <laughs> humility, and Preki just isn't that, you know, like he's he's the opposite of that. I mean, he had his moments and he tried. God love him. He tried, but it's just not him. You, you can't fake that, you know. So that went terribly wrong and, and it mutually ended. Uh, supposedly, you know, they both went their separate ways. Um, but now we got Pulis and I think what he's doing matches our city really well and what i love about the city and about st louis fc and the players that come here is you can see like the luligans and in the crowd even if they're not a luligan really puts their heart into games and they really start to like the the players feel it right and they don't just feel the support they feel the pressure okay and so when they lose a silly game or they give a silly thing up, you know not just like Okay, we lost to the fire, or, or we lost to a good team like by one goal. Okay, no big deal. You don't feel that, but when you have like stupid losses or too many in a row that we don't deserve, like they come like dogs hanging their heads low, like they're in trouble to the corner, you know, where the Lulegins are, and the pressure is there. And with Poulos now, we've seen them play their heart out for him, and he wants a culture in the locker room, which is really hot these days, right? But we saw the difference. It was true. It really did happen, and it really helped. Um, even when we had lots of games being lost in a row, the guys held it together, and so I love that about that culture that we've developed under Pulis. And it is also like a a more working man's type of soccer too. You know, it's not by by any means just launch it down the the field and get it, but it is physical. It is we defend well you know and so I think the city of St. Louis responds well to guys who work really hard defend well will like win a game at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the game and you know I think all of those things combined make me love my my club
0: yeah well and I think um Riverhound supporters can Really um, engage with that, and can um, connect with that, because I think that you know that's something that we've seen, I think you know especially fans who have been around for a couple seasons can very much tell you know from three or four seasons ago when the locker room was not great, mm-hmm. and it showed very much showed on the field, right, and so some of those things have been connected, and then um, you know I think with bob Lilly coming in and you know he expects the players to work and you know if you don't work you don't play and i mean that's what i like um i don't want you to play because of your name i want you to play because you work hard and you deserve to be there um which you know certainly um you know which i think will make it super interesting when our two teams play each other but we'll get to that in a bit i did want to oh go ahead
1: no, I, I we talked about when you came on the, the Christmas holiday special or whatever, um, we talked about how like Pittsburgh is different from the rest of the East Coast, you know, almost New England. I don't know if that's part of New England, but um, I would say Pittsburgh and St. Louis are kind of similar cities. And it sounds like our teams are kind of going to be similar. Our fans sound kind of similar. You know, I think it will be a cool matchup, which, like you said, we'll will probably be more specific later
0: yeah yeah no for sure but uh before we move on i did want to circle back around to something that you had mentioned you had talked about um a couple times you know the the idea of having an mls team and so you know these rumors be you know have been swirling right that mm-hmm. st louis is going to get this mls team and so partially i want to know what's the latest on that but also i would love to hear um you know i haven't spent a ton of time like digging around about the rumors about the the st louis mls stuff but you know are you thinking that it would be that st louis fc would be would become then the mls team or is it that okay we have an academy and then we have a usl team and now we have an mls team that is like that feeds into that mls team or the yeah that the usl team feeds into the mls team so what is kind of like the idea of the structure and is it happening? Do we know?
1: <laughs> I can tell you that this is, we tried this before and failed miserably. And this one is everything that one wasn't. So um, yes, it it will be built out of the St. Louis FC that we know one of the owners is the same for the MLS team as it is. So it's even more so than Nashville, you know, Nashville is not a, you know, It's not the same pocketbook or the same bank account or whatever. In St. Louis, it it would be, for the most part, we're just going to add another owner and make it bigger. Um, But it's not the same as Cincinnati, where they are exactly the same people. So we are adding another owner, basically someone Mm. with money in the city (laughs) who is very philanthropic, just like the owner of St. Louis FC is already. It's just such a good match. And the cool thing about it is um, it's already gotten through the board of aldermen. So it's been approved, there's no public vote. Um, it got approved a few weeks ago, three, four weeks ago or more. And um, But basically, like there was not much to argue with because there's no public money. Um, the, the only weird thing is that I think they won't be paying property tax, okay? So that's, that's one negative. And then they're gonna not pay half of another tax that's supposed to be coming out of there. Um, but the other half that they are paying on that tax is actually being built. So St. Louis, because of the Cronky thing, right, of the Rams leaving and going to L.A., we're freaking out about this sort of thing. We're scared to death that our soccer team's going to leave. I mean, save the crew, right? We're scared that that might happen to us too. So <clears throat> they built this fund that is, um, instead of paying half of this tax, they're going to put that half into a fund that they said is in like, 30 years when the lease is up or something there's going to be enough money in that fund to knock it down if the team were to leave for any crazy reason so it's like literally you at least break even and And in the first place, you didn't pay for anything that was built, you know, and and we're building something on this land that hasn't been used in so long that at least you're getting tax money now out of something. Or there's at least a building there that wasn't there before that will generate revenue for people around it. So that's their argument. Right. And and I'm behind it 100 percent, mostly for those reasons that it is, you know, privately funded. It's the opposite of the last situation. The owner with money that came in wasn't even from St. Louis. This guy is like entrenched in St. Louis. Um, And so there's a lot more to it than that. But the last situation was not good. And I was disappointed when it got voted down. But now I'm so happy that it did. It was the right thing. And um, I do think it's going to go through. I don't think it's going to have any problems. It's up to MLS to decide. And, you know, if we don't get that 28th spot, um, I hear there's no more MLS clubs after that. Like, that's the cutoff. Like, no more will be added. So I'm really scared that we might not get this 28th spot.
0: (laughs) Do you actually believe that there's only going to be 28, though? Like
1: No, that was like the driest sarcasm on the planet. Okay. All right.
0: Just to be clear.
1: No, I think we're in the front. I think we're the front runners right now, and there's others out there. But honestly, if we don't get it, we're going to get it later. Or if if we don't get it ever, I'm still going to be super happy because I love the USL situation anyway. Yeah. I'm well documented well, saying that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So you talked a lot about why you love St. Louis FC. And so why should like a neutral fan I mean certainly our listeners are not neutral fans because I know all of our listeners everyone who listens to this podcast is 100% behind the River House. <laughs> but if there were to be any neutral fans who are listening you know why like what, what about St. Louis FC would, would make a neutral fan support them over any other USL team
1: well for one like so far we're very non-threatening <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> so far, like we barely made the playoffs and we got knocked out by a, a red card and maybe play. But we will we'll never know because the red card came really early in the game. And, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and it's really interesting because a lot of and maybe they're just saying this, but I feel like a lot of people do appreciate St. Louis. And I think part of it is the soul, the soccer culture where it's pretty pure, like. We just wanna have a good soccer team. We're here for the fun. We're here for the soccer and we just again I feel like the same thing comes out of the uh Steel is it Steel Army? Did I say that right? I feel like it's similar vibes coming from you guys and so um, you know, it's really easy to like a team that's kind of middling or bad every year and <laughs> until we're awesome or, you know, say the MLS thing happens and we start using gam tam everywhere, I think everyone's gonna like us if that until that happens, you know. So
0: I just uh oh. The the whole th- uh, anyway that's like a whole other thing but I, I just like where is the integrity right Mm-mm. like even though it's out there the out the like, window just just don't use it because you know it's wrong
1: <laughs> oh so you're you're telling people not to use money like free money at, at, in some ways
0: exactly <laughs> just
1: don't use it everyone
0: don't use it <laughs> They're until going you get to. to the MLS and They're... then you are actually you know morally and ethically allowed to use it okay <laughs> moving on um so we I I think we alluded to it a little bit but um your team has moved back and forth between the east and the western (laughs) conferences for the past couple years and so I have no idea what that must be like like I think my head would be I mean you have to be the person that knows all of the USL probably better than anyone else I mean (laughs) I I just don't know because I like I can barely keep track of the eastern teams
1: you know and so what
0: what's that been like for you
1: that's a, That's interesting. I wonder if, yeah, no one, probably no one has gotten to see more of both conferences than St. Louis fans. Right. So that is interesting. Um, it's frustrating though. It's really frustrating to me and, and the Luligans two years ago, they freaked out or what? No, it was last year. They freaked out about it. They were so mad and, and I was too, but seeing how angry they were kind of calmed me down. I got to kind of live vicariously through their Twitter feed for a couple <laughs> of days. But, um, man, it is frustrating, though. And I think I think we're really happy getting the East. I've been a real big proponent of Central for two years now. And I, that's when I was most mad was when the first Central didn't happen. And I just couldn't fathom why. This year, at least we have like the exact amount of teams to go to conferences. And to me, it like feels more natural. And I like to say that Swope Park's head is on the chopping block now. So that's also another another benefit of this year. But I will also just say that St. Louis fans would rather be in the East. If there's no Central, they just want to be in the East for travel. We love to travel. You know, we went uh, to Cincinnati once. We'll go to Louisville every time. I guarantee you, we're going to be headed down to Memphis this year. Now that there's a Memphis, Um, Indiana is not Indianapolis. Isn't far, uh, and now we we can play them for the first time in the same conference. Um, there's just so much around us. And then, you know, in preseason, we might get to see some Oklahoma teams on top of that. Um, that'll take care of the cro- and then losing the loss of the cross country, uh, cross conference, uh, games. So, um, I'll just say that, that we're happy in the East. And I really hope next year that we'll just stay in the East. let Swope go West, or maybe we'll get the central who knows. That's a big argument though. Cause then it changes this dynamic that is kind of nice this year of the equal teams, equal games.
0: Yeah. What do you think? I mean, how have you seen it impact the team and the players and the you know coaching staff or anything? Not
1: really at, at all. They, so I've talked to the GM every year about it. And he, while all of us are losing our minds on Twitter, he's really pretty stable. He's pretty calm. He's like, yeah, I'll take a little bit into advisory as far as building this team. But I don't even think he goes that out of his way to like say these are more Western players than Eastern. And I think he just builds a roster the way he thinks is best. They're going to play their soccer. You know, the coach is going to do his thing. I don't think Pulse is going to change a thing next year about the style, the way we play. You know, maybe he'll do some tactical changes, but he's not going to change the philosophy of his soccer. And we'll just see how our version of soccer plays out next year with added depth and attackers and maybe a different tactical look. Who knows?
0: yeah yeah all right so now it becomes the question so as riverhound supporters what should what do we expect i mean i fully expect that you're going to come up to pittsburgh when (laughs) um you know st louis comes up so aside from that but what should we expect when um we play st louis
1: um you should expect compact defense defense is going to be where we make our money for the most part and um going to try to grind out goals. If you give us the counterattack, that's their ch- attack of choice. You know, that's the way they'd like to get it. Um, but we've added some smarter players in the right positions this year. I think um, I think last year was just like the first, we basically replaced the whole roster for the third time, you know? And so I think this year we were able to kind of pick our players that were like really cement certain positions and then like hone in the attack with adding the right kind of attackers. And only a couple of our like added attackers are like really crazy good looking. The others are kind of like middling statistics. And so I'm really curious to see what it does look like, because I think he found some middling statistically middling. I don't know. They, maybe they're going to be amazing and maybe he sees something that statistics are not showing. Um, so I don't want to hurt these players feelings or anything, but their stats, no one's stats are incredible except for a couple guys And so I'm curious how he uses them in a certain role, if that's all it'll be and and how we we phase it out. But, yeah, we'll want to counterattack. We're going to defend well. And um, you'll probably see a really boring game in Pittsburgh. But I bet if you watch the game where you guys come to us, it might be a little more exciting. Just considering the two styles of our teams, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, no. And I think that was another question that I was thinking about, like, how much does playing at home like does that make a big difference Mm -hmm. for you guys or what does that look like
1: yeah yeah he sets it up really conservative away no matter almost no matter what team we're playing I think except for like Tulsa he would he would whip out a really attacking uh, formation because for some reason we had their number last year and he didn't he just kept repeating the same basic idea but for the most part he sits very conservatively sits back pick his moments to press high, which works against, it worked really well against a couple of teams like Swope Park. Um, but, and he, he's a tactical guy. He watches a lot of video. Like he really, really does his homework. So there may be something he sees in Lily. And I guarantee you he's already watching tape on Lily. Cause like, he's like, Lily's the one that everyone talks about, right? That's the name you drop. <laughs> like Lily's got it locked down. He's the one we want to unlock, you know? And I think that's like the challenge every coach kind of has in their mind, even in preseason. So
0: yeah well oh. i don't i like could not even pretend to like comprehend how to try and unpack what's happening in lily's mind and his strategy for games like i don't know i feel you know i've like watched like quite a bit of soccer you know in my life and you know some some coaches some managers you're able to tell kind of what they're thinking and where they're going with things and certainly you can tell when Bob Lilly is upset and the players aren't doing what he wants them to do Mm -hmm. but when it comes to strategy when it comes to game day lineups and you're like I have no idea what's happening right now (laughs) um you know I think some
1: crazy things that I loved what was it when he used the three back system and the one guy was the center back with the crazy name and the dude went all over the pitch
0: yeah, uh Tommy Van Gisler.
1: Yeah, that was really cool, right? So, if I had more time on my hands, I would have watched every Pittsburgh game because I knew based on like what you heard in preseason like he had more money than he needed, you know, like so obviously he got better players than he ex- or was able to in the past. I would have watched every game to figure out the difference between old Lily and new Lily because I think he still has this like defensive MO and it's probably mostly true, but I know there's more to him than that that was able to shine through last year that I didn't get to see.
0: Yeah, no, I no, and I think you're absolutely right. I think even what we've seen with who they've, you know, I think the Riverhounds have only signed like 11, 10, 11, 12 players to this point, and so we know that, you know, certainly this is more than likely probably like the backbone of the team. You know, there are several players that – have um, played under Lily for you know several seasons, including with the Rhinos and then with the Riverhounds this past year, and so it's just going to be interesting to see who are the types he pl- types of players he brings in. I think Tommy Vanquiele is is an example of a player that was, from what I understand, very much kind of like overlooked by a lot of U, uh, US teams and Bob saw something in him. And, you know, certainly, you know, he had an amazing season and, you know, I'm thrilled that he's back. So um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know. It's really exciting, but honestly, I'm, I am not envious of a coach that needs to think about lineups and preparing <laughs> to play against Bob Lilly because I just, I just can't imagine. Especially yeah. you
1: don't want to pull, a Bob Lilly team in the playoffs. I know it didn't work out this year, but like, man, that's one of the teams I wouldn't want to face, especially in the first round.
0: Yeah, we don't need to talk about sorry. The playoff sorry about
1: that. <laughs> Another good thing that I love about Lilly, <laughs> if I could take over your show for a second. Please. I just, I just really am in love with this, and I want Mon- I want Mongols listeners. Or is this Mongols or Womongols? Uh,
0: it's the same feed, so Mongols, okay, yeah. Okay,
1: perfect. Um, I want them to hear... I'm in love with the Francois move. I'm so in love with it. (laughs) I love that, like, the Riverhounds, I think the Riverhounds made money on a player in the USL. Like, how often (laughs) is that going to happen?
0: Yeah. I mean, he was definitely a fan favorite, so it, like, sucks. But, you know, it is, like, it is one of those things. And I think this goes back to what we were talking about you know towards the beginning is this idea that i think having the usl championship having league one league two i think this new structure um you know i think it or it, it existed organically previously but i think now that there is kind of a, a more organized and structured way that the the leagues are set up i think we're gonna i hope that we see this more like that is the point of this certainly there is the the part of this game That is the screaming and yelling and having a great time at the games. Like, right, that is a a core component. There's also what happens on the field. But this is also a business, right? And Mm so, I want to see teams making smart business decisions, you know, and if that looks like what, um, you know, what St. Louis is doing with their MLS team to kind of ensure themselves as a city and as a community, you know, based on what has happened, you know, with the crew and thank goodness that they're staying and, and they got it worked out. Right. But that was because of the fans, but also talking with a lot of fans who spent a lot of time and energy working and advocating to save the crew. Like, no fan should have to go through that. Like, no fan should have to, like, think the entire year, the entire season, I don't know if my team's going to be here next year because some crazy rich guy decides he wants to be cool and live in Austin. Like, yeah. that's not – right? Like, that's not – anyway. So I just – you know, I think, you know, while it was sad for us to see him go, I think those are the type types of business decisions that I hope are continually being made – while also being ethical about it and not using <laughs> Tam and Gam when you're not supposed to.
1: Yeah. Side note. Okay. Well, when I think about that move, I just think about how Lily really is a guy that is just like, he is a value adder to a player, you know, because how often do you see ex-Rhinos player, Ro- Rochester Rhinos players move on to another team and you're like, oh gosh, they're gonna destroy on that team. And then it, they're just not as good, you know, like he adds value and you see all these players leaving all the time, the Rhinos, and why not make a profit on that? You know, it's really smart. It's a perfect, uh, business decision for people. Um, if you have Lily, you should take advantage of it, you know? So yeah, I love yeah, it. For sure. That's why I'm so, thinking about it.
0: Yeah, no, no, I think that was a great point. um, so we talked a little bit about this. So St. Louis had a really strong defense last year. We also had a really strong defense last year. So I'm really excited for this. But what are some, like when you think of, you know, St. Louis FC kind of as a team, what are some of like the big characteristics that we should look for in 2019?
1: Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think, I think our, our core players were already on a two-year deal. And then we re-signed a bunch of the core guys. So you know, we're really proud of, we kind of have three really good center backs that could all start. Um, and so that's part of the solidity of, of the back line. Um, our goalkeeper was a ex Rochester Rhino. <laughs> and so um, Tomas Gomez is a local boy too. So bringing him was a really good first piece for Poulos. I think that was the first guy he signed. Um, so... I don't know. I think for the most part, it's just going to be a lot of character guys working hard for each other. And for the fans, I think that's what you're going to see. And and we will be physical. We'll be compact to defend. And a lot of the new signings are like on the wings, interestingly enough, where we didn't get a lot of production last year. And those guys all seem like attacking upgrades, not necessarily all around upgrades, but they're better attackers. So our fullbacks are going to be a lot more interesting this year. Whereas last year, they were just like stout defenders, like crazy good. This year, they're going to be really interesting going forward. And we added like the mid, the central midfielders we added are kind of more um, defensive, you know. And so we kind of got a bunch of wing attackers and maybe a 10. So a couple guys that could be 10s or strikers or, or wingers. And so, yeah, we've got our core of defense in the middle. I think we're going to be attacking the wings like crazy, hopefully, and hopefully doing it better than last year.
0: Yeah. Well, well, hopefully not against us anyway. I don't care what we do against <laughs> anyone else. Um, So who are some players that you think we should keep our eye out for?
1: Oh, man, I'm so bad with names, but I got to I got to think for a second. So the newest two signings I'm, I'm really, really excited about. One is Joaquin Rivas, and he is an El Salvadorian uh, attacker. Uh, I just read today he's left footed, which is a big help because no one else on our team is left footed. Literally no one else in on the entire team. And that's, really? that's something I'm really worried about. But I think huh. someone, I think what, Nicholas Murray wrote an amazing article today about how St. Louis will tactically set up next year and um, loved it. It was really good, but he kind of spun it as like an advantage to have, you know, right-footed, left-back, and, and left-wingers. Uh, but anyway, Joaquin Rivas has, he looked incredible um, in both years on a team like Tulsa Roughnecks, right? So I think um hopefully in like a better system that can defend even maybe with less freedom depending on how we set up because Tulsa guys kind of seem to do whatever they wanted so hopefully in our system he's still equally as dangerous or maybe more dangerous I could see it happening that way because he is awesome I've seen him live and I think he's one I've been saying for two years since I saw him in preseason in St. Louis he scored a banger on us that was just embarrassing um, embarrassingly good for us from distance. Um, but he, I've been saying for years, I was like, someone good is going to grab him and give him a big paycheck. And I'm going to be scared. Whoever that is, it ended up being us. So I'm really excited about Joaquin Rivas. You're going to see him, um, probably on the wing rumors of him being a 10, but I'm not sure that'll happen all the time. Uh, the other one is Paris Gee or G, uh, G E E is how you spell his last name. He's a Canadian and he's a fullback. Um, and his, and he can play as a, 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 left or a outside midfielder. He looks really good too. And I didn't expect it. I just pulled up his name, Googled him, but then I watched the highlights and the kid can attack. He looks really good at, he can like kind of just pick a spot and send the ball there, whether it's a shot or a cross. And that's going to be really useful because, um, our crosses weren't as dangerous as they could have been last year. So that'll be a big help. But other than that, we're kind of returning all of our other good players I mentioned. Um, Kyle Gregg was prolific for us last year. Um, Some some games when nothing was happening, he'd pull something out of nowhere, and and that would happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so we've been very much beating around the bush. But what do you think (laughs) a face-to-face matchup would look like between the Riverhounds and St. Louis?
1: So let's, we'll have
0: to think like a home and a Yeah. So first, like, why don't we start with what do you think it would look like for St. Louis at home?
1: Um, <laughs> St. Louis is going to play it real safe, real safe. I think, I think against you guys, we might do like a four, four, two and kind of pick our moments to press high. Mostly just have two banks of four with like no room for you guys to work. You're going to have to really figure out somehow. Maybe like if we pick a chance to attack, maybe you'll hit us on a break that worked on us a few times last year. But even then they were like surprisingly good at that compared to past years. Um, it's just going to be tight. It's going to be, uh, I think it'll be ugly and physical. Um, but the cool thing about St. Louis is they don't usually lose their cool other than the previous mentioned uh, red card in the playoffs. That's. And I feel like the riverhounds are kind of the same way. They, they, I watched that bash game where it was Nashville and Pittsburgh. And I think it'll be similar to that. I know that was not an exciting game. I know it didn't end well for you guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if Poulos watched poolist watched that game it was like, "Oh, I can do that." I'm <laughs> yeah, not kidding. No.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. No, you know, I think you're right. I think um and that is something that um I think like the very first time that I was on Mongols, I talked about kind of uh mental stamina and um just the necessity that I saw for uh the Riverhounds team at that time. So, I think it was like 2017 so the 2017 team to like keep it together like <laughs> keep it together friends yeah. you know we don't need to be like screaming you know because you like leans back and you know shot the ball like 80 yards over the top of the net right like you don't need you know so um and so i think that is something that i, I that i saw especially this season just kind of the focus and mm-hmm. the, the mental stamina of our players i think has increased exponentially i you know i hope that that continues i expect it will continue um you know bob came in very shortly before the season started um and so uh last season so you know i'm hopeful that you know with having the entire off season to kind of bring his players in cultivate his team mm-hmm. um that's something that like is you know not only working hard but then you know, keeping your cool and not losing it is, is incredibly important to me. Um, not because, you know, partially a little bit of a, you know, a side tangent here, but like partially because, you know, I think you play better soccer when you're not like fuming angry, but also I, I think, and, and, It sounds you know potentially like it's this way at st louis but we have a lot of kids and a lot of families who come Mm -hmm. to our games and so when players are like out on the field like screaming and cursing and like getting up in each other's faces and like whatever else which like didn't happen in 2018 it certainly happened in previous years Mm -hmm. um you know that's just something i'm like this is completely unacceptable and so um anyway that's just you know, and then you see like the little kids who are like mimicking exactly what the players <laughs> are doing on the field. And I'm like, oh my god, like oh, yeah. what is happening? So anyway. Um, all right. So why so actually one thing I did want to ask you, so what is like the stadium? So I've never been hmm. um to st louis for a game so like what is the stadium like what is the stadium atmosphere like there
1: so like most stadiums the camera is on the nicer side right so if you're like watching a game on youtube or on espn plus like you're looking at the away stands which is just like a bunch of not temporary but you know just normal cheap bleachers right but it does wrap all the way clear across the uh far side um your typical like 10 or 15 rows whatever it is And so that's one side, but the other side is actually like, it's kind of like this eighties, nineties looking building, um, that also has like a press box on top of it. But also to the, if you're on the, on the side that I sit on looking at the nice side to the left, um, is like this Budweiser beer garden, which is actually pretty nice and open and a nice place to sit. And there's even like a, uh a box you can sit in with a bar it's indoors. You can watch the game from there is interesting enough. It's not a great view, but you can kind of see the game and then, yeah, they have like a, a dining room behind that. So if you pay like the, the bigger bucks, which is all very affordable for what, you know, compared to other sports things, you get like food and drink provided with a wristband, which is really cool. Um, but you know, it's not fancy. It's not really nice looking, you know, it's not modern by any means, but you know, it's home and it, it's a it's a nice stadium for what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. So all right, what does the East look like at the end of the season? Oh
1: man, I forgot this this was in the questions. <laughs> um so I guess we have a new uh ringer in Nashville, kind of. If it works out, like if this coach can coach, then they should be ringers, right? Um, based on their personnel and based on what they did last year, all they have to do is score goals and then maintain, you know, like that's their goal this year. So if they do it, they should be number one. I have reserve. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't, I still don't think they're going to have tons of t- attacking success, even with um, Lancaster and uh, Belmar who can look bad at times. I think he, if he's on the wrong team or used incorrectly, he's not as dominant as he always can be in the beginning of a season um who else do they have they got someone else that they don't know what to do with now
0: well I just think for me like even with some of like the new players that they've brought in I just they were just they seemed to be all over the place mm-hmm. last season and I'm not I mean, certainly we like very much had a turnaround season. You know, if you would compare 2017 to 2018 for the Riverhounds, you know, they're two completely different teams, Mm -hmm. quite literally two completely different teams. And I'm not I don't know, maybe maybe I haven't paid close enough attention, but I think for Nashville, like I, I don't know that they've had that much turnaround, not only for the players on the field, but then also the, you know, the coaching staff and all of those other things to really make that big of a difference i don't know i just i think you know certainly you know when we played them um you know at nashville i think that was our first game of last season you know that was it was crazy and you know certainly there was a lot of momentum behind that and you know it was their first you know all the things but mm-hmm. um then just like the rest of the season you're kind of like you see these moments of brilliance but there there's very much this lack of consistency um hmm so I don't, I don't know. And and also there's like this pressure, right? Like, and I don't know, are they going to be the team that we don't like? Like, are they Maybe. the team we're going to hate? But I don't know. I just, do I care enough to, for them to be the team <laughs> that I, you know, hate? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. I, I think it depends on the fans. <laughs> I think we talked about that with Slate in Nashville. Like are the fans going to freak out? Are they going to be crazy? And if they are, then, yeah, they're easily going to be the enemy. But I could see it, you know, like my other example is like no one hates Phoenix, but they kind of should, you know, like the way you know, they they use Drogba, you know, like that's cheating and a half in some ways. But, you know, uh, we don't hate them. And I think a lot of it is the way the fans carry themselves. So.
0: No, I think that's a good point. All right. But who like where does St. Louis finish in the East? Where do the River Hounds finish in the East?
1: So I think my goal for Saint Louis, and this is like conservative, but I think the East is kinda harder in a lot of ways. I just want to avoid that that tenth team play in, you know, round. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to like play one game to decide if I make the rest of the playoffs. So I think my goal is to be what do you have to do? You have to be sixth place or better to do that. And I think St. Louis should hopefully do that if things work out in their favor. But um you know, it's such a good top to the Eastern Conference. So after that, it may be somewhat easy to make it after what Louisville, Riverhounds, Red Bulls too always seems to be up there um and Nashville should be up there like we talked about. And then underneath that, it could be anyone's game, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it was an interesting thing. Um, You know, you mentioned the Open Cup um, and it was an interesting thing because we, as like Riverhounds fans, we were like, oh, you know, like we want to make a run in the Open Cup. And then um, I think, I guess, what was it? I think we won in Erie for the first round. And then the second round we played at home. I think we played Cincinnati at home and we kind of, it was like a second string we felt like it was like a second string lineup Mm -hmm. that was put out um but then it seemed to help us throughout the rest of the season right because we didn't have all those extra games oh yeah um i'd be like interested to hear like you know how does st louis kind of approach the the open cup and like how do they think about that
1: i think i think most teams do this too i think most especially usl teams like go all out for the open cup and they just kind of disregard the problems that come from it, because even like Louisville had a, they had a, they never have a deep roster, but look how far they went this year. And they never stopped fighting to win. You know, like they never stopped. They could have, they could have beat, um, who did they have to play last? I'm, I'm blanking. It was the fire oh. or something.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I think it was the fire. I know
1: they beat the Revs, and I mean, they could have kept going. They just got beat in a game, and, they never stopped and it really could have really destroyed their season, their USL season. And even like you said, maybe it it hurt it more than we even realize, you know, and, and it could have been an easier stretch for them at the end um, despite what ended up happening, which is them winning it all. But um, I don't know. Um, I'm with you. I think it does hurt teams. I think it would hurt St. Louis drastically if they went as far as Louisville did in the open cup, because again, we have, we're just like them. We have a smaller, Less deep roster, and we rely on loans mid season. We rely on them. We have to get them every single year, um even without um, injuries, which we've had plenty of every year, like most teams. So anyway, I think you're right, and I think they just, I think most teams disregard it and go as far as they can. Anyway, it's such good press, yeah. you know. If you if you become that team, we've seen it.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, people still, you know. And we, uh, for the playoff game, we talked with, uh, like we, Mike brought the whole setup, up and, and we sat outside, uh, during oh, the, yeah, the that tailgate. Was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was awesome. And several people were like, oh my gosh, my favorite memory at Highmark Stadium was when DC United played here. Yeah. Um, right. And like, people were just like, it was amazing to see DC United mm-hmm. play the Riverhounds in Highmark Stadium. And it's, it's awesome. right, it It was amazing. But also I'm like. Oh, okay. Right. And so it, it is this, I don't know, for me, it's this balance of, you know, kind of what are your priorities? And I it's, sir, I am definitely not equating the two, but this is my opportunity to mention my deep, deep love of FC Barcelona. And right. So like at the beginning of the season, Messi was like, we are going to win the champions league. Like that is what we are going to do. And that is our focus for this year. Right. And so for those big clubs now, obviously they have way more money than usl teams (laughs) do and way deeper benches and pockets to you know to pull from but right it's this thing of you know all of the premier league all of the top premier league teams all of the top la liga teams all of that they're all playing these additional games um and so like what does that do for the players um so anyway, I just think I just think it's like it has to be a consideration whether yep. you want it to be or not. And it it seemed to us, and we were I think we were frustrated by it. Um, and I think you know, looking reflecting back on the entire season, at least for me, like we lost that playoff game, and it was like the worst. It was just oh, like I a very see. bad night all around. Like it was like, like freezing oh, rain, and it was just so many overtime. Oh my gosh, it was just terrible. Anyway, but. Well, I,
1: I, So we disagree on that 100% because I I think St. Louis, I think this is part of the St. Louis magic is I think we're really like super romantic about soccer, like a a lot of fans are. But like, I think we love it. And I think like the Open Cup, this last year was the first time we didn't get to play an MLS team in the Open Cup, which is like such a we're spoiled rotten in that way. Um, But, you know, we got to play the fire in our stadium and it was packed. And that's frustrating, but it's also magic. You know, it's frustrating that they don't come to every game. But at the same time, I've never seen or heard that stadium like that since. You know, it was close when we made the playoffs and better in some ways, but it was a different thing. And it's awesome. I think it's worth it. I, even if if that was the reason we got pumped out and kicked out of the playoffs this year, I would still say it was worth it if we had gotten one of those awesome games at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I think, I don't know. I mean I could I mean depending on the day I could go either way honestly, <laughs> I think um I really could uh but yeah All right so we have talked about a lot of things about St. Louis is there anything we didn't talk about or is there anything that Riverhounds fans should be aware of. Are we all allowed to just come and crash on your couch for the game? Yeah. Or like just fill your house with with Steel Army members?
1: Oh, feel free. We've got some room. I've got a I've got a third floor. We can we can fill it with bodies on the floor. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I do want to say now well, that
0: everyone knows.
1: Yeah, I do want to say that it. Um, I told you earlier that I listened to your interview with Mike that you did forever ago. You guys reposted it. And I loved it. Everyone should like love on Mike like crazy. He'll hate it, but (laughs) I love Mike so much. And that episode was so good and all the things he's done for BGN. He tries to write it off as nothing and it's so big. But um, one of the things that was really funny to think about is how we all know each other so well and we all talk so much offline, like um, how he's never met Evan. (laughs) You know, I've never met Evan. I've never met anyone up there and yeah i gotta i gotta get up to pittsburgh and at least meet mike if not this year then hopefully the following year because I, I gotta see you guys it's it's weird that we haven't met each other but we have it in person
0: i know it is like a very strange thing and i think for a lot of listeners they they don't know that you know we we just swap ideas and get feedback and brainstorm and just you know talk and you know you know we're normal people obviously hmm. very normal um And so, yeah. And so I think it is awesome. And I think it's just really awesome and really great um, how Mike has really like brought us all together. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have this amazing network of people that, you know, we're like this incredibly large, extended, dysfunctional family. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and we all love soccer. And that's what brings us together. And I think I think that's awesome. And Mike should totally get all the credit. We should have like a card drive or something for it. Like we should like send out like an address (laughs) and have everyone send, you know, cards and you know, chocolates and all flowers and all kinds of things. Oh, flowers for his bees. That would be perfect. Oh, that's right. Anyway, I like um, it. So many ideas. Love it. Awesome. All right. Well, Phil, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me and telling us all about um, St. Louis FC. Where can people find you online? You know, you're part of BGN. I don't think you ever said what you do with BGN. So can you tell us about that?
1: I'm on the USL show is the main thing I do, but I find time for STL soccer reports sometimes. Um, So those are the two things I do for the most part. But you can find me on Twitter at uh, Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's and steel soccer reports there too um yeah
0: awesome all right phil thank you so much thank you well there you have it what did you think of the show Did phil and i miss anything please let us know but first thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to mls usl and u.s soccer get custom scarves for your or team at roughneckscarves.com If you're looking for more great USL news, head over to uslnews.com and check out all of the great articles and podcasts that are there and part of the BGN family. You can follow us on Twitter at Mongols and Womongols and email us at Mongols at BGN.fm. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Please leave us a review. Those are so helpful. Otherwise, let us know what you thought. Again, did we miss anything? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Please let us know. Thank you so much, everyone, and I'll talk to you very, very soon.